Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Mantra, do you know what I need? I need to walk in these streets in my BA swag. You know what I'm really looking forward to? First of all, be your own brown boost. What an awesome phrase. I cannot wait to wear that on my chest like Superman. What I'm really excited for, though, is I am a sweatshirt and like hoodie girl. So the classic Brown Ambition logo sweatshirt has my name all over it. But where can I go? Where can I find it? I was hoping you would ask young Tiffany. Tiffany, get your Brown Ambition swag at brownambitionstore.com. Five years in the game, we finally have merch for you guys. So get your Brown Ambition hoodie, your Brown Ambition crew neck tee, get a onesie for your littles. We got toddler tees. Oh my goodness, there's something for everyone. Be your own Brown Boost t-shirt for sure. We have a Brown Ambition mug, which my family is most excited about. Um, I had to do the 15 ounce size for my big sister because she drinks coffee like nobody's business. So, you know, I'm the budget needs to write any special offer. Oh, I'm also very glad you asked that question, Tiffany. Yes. With Brown Ambition 15, that's promo code Brown Ambition 15, all one word. You can get 15% off your order at brownambitionstore.com. I can't wait to see y'all in these BA streets, repping BA fam with your BA swag. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm like, Hi. so what do you think our future selves are feeling right now? I don't know. How are you guys? Are you like, okay? It's so bizarre. Yes. Yeah, I do feel like we're talking to the future. I mean, or we could just be in the same damn spot we are now. Maybe true. are we, I'm going to, I hope that we're happy, but we could also be uncertain still. Yeah, this is very true because the future holds. It's, so, guys, we tape typically Mandy and I tape our podcast on Mondays, and then they don't go live till Wednesday. And mm-hmm. for those of you in the future, yesterday was the election, and so we might not know it's Wednesday, so we might not know the outcome. Yeah, yeah. I know how many uh, Ativan tablets I have left to get me through these next twenty four hours. I know that much. I know how much I counted of, those. Lo- I counted them this morning. I know how much toilet okay. tissue I have because. My mom no. has been <laughs> obsessively texting. Make sure you have all your meds. Make sure you have all toilet tissue and your food oh, and man. your water and your this. And and make sure you lock the doors because apparently, you know, if we normally sleep with the doors wide open, why would we lock doors? <laughs> I'm like, mommy, we lock the doors on a regular basis. They're coming for you. <laughs> well, I, it was, I guess it wasn't until today that someone mentioned businesses have been boarding up mm. and, you know, and, and here in New York, Trump supporters shut down for a little bit one of the major bridges near actually 10 minutes from where we live. 
the Mario Cuomo bridge and that freaked me out that they just stopped traffic for no good goddamn that. reason. I saw that. Um, well, you know anyway, why. Well, but, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, and today the the feeling at work was super tense. And I felt, I felt like as a manager, I needed to just bring some, like, just be positive, just try. So I like played music. I made jokes, try to make a jerk of myself, <laughs> like make a, you know, just make fun. Cause you know, you can just tell everyone is on edge. Yeah, because it's scary times, honestly. It really is. and But I do feel the sense of, personally, I, I can sleep knowing I did everything I had the time and the bandwidth and the mental, you know, space to do in terms of help encouraging family to get out and vote, help making sure that I got myself to vote, my husband, his family, you know, I and I, and I feel like at this point, we just got to see what happens, you know, and we have to hold elected officials definitely accountable. And and I really feel, you know, I, I hate that we're the ones who have to suffer through this, but this is a really good example of what happens when citizens forget the power that they hold. And, you know, even if this has to go to the courts, we're going to find out the repercussions, you know, the ripple effect that was caused, you know, four years ago when this person was elected and, and how it goes so far beyond the White House. So pay attention and let's just, I hope that we can just learn these lessons and never forget them, ever forget. Yes. I mean, there was actually this really great post that someone shared. It basically was like, you know, for those of you who have been vocal, um, and and not just supporting this administration, but some people, of course, you know, have gone above and beyond to be, instead of Black Lives Matter, having bumper stickers that, that say Black Lives Splatter. And for those of you who have, like, actively been vocally racist and and transphobic and homophobic and all these other things that like, here's the thing that one day this man won't be president, whether it's in three months or maybe the next four years, no one knows, right? But your family and friends will always, 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 your your neighbors, your coworkers, your, that stain will always be on you. Like, I just don't, Mm. you know what I mean? I just, I guess what shocks me is how, it's like when I see men argue over, viciously over their team, like, no, the Bulls are better. No, the Spurs. And you're like, Michael Jordan does not know you. <laughs> you know, he, because I, like, I, you see literally people breaking the law, putting their own freedom in jeopardy. Like, there was a, a, a I use the word gentleman loosely, who took one of those cat, um, those, like, not a bulldozer, the smaller ones, you know, I don't know what they call it. I feel like. Bobcats. I, yeah, like, took one of those bobcats and. In his town and anybody's lawn that had a a Biden Kamala sign, he, you know, didn't just take the sign because that was just too light. Used the bobcat to basically dig the sign out of their front lawn and went like, you know, so using a vehicle, doing more than $1,500 worth of damage to property, which makes it a felony now. So Mm. even if this person wins the presidency, either way, you'll enjoy it from jail. I yeah. just, I guess that's the part that like really flabbergasts me, for, for lack of a better word. It's like, what? I just, uh, well, you know what? I just don't know. That's people are just raggedy. That's been the word that has been the pervasive word for me. There are some people who are just really raggedy. It's one thing to say, this is who I'm voting for. Okay. It's another thing 
to like run your car through a crowd of people, shoot people at a protest. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just, yeah, it's some for, people, and I'm not, yeah. I, you know, in a way I'm grateful because it's shown, it's it's given people, like the past four years have made certain people feel comfortable showing sides of themselves that they weren't showing before. And I think we can all be where I feel much more educated about the people in my circle, my family, my extended family. I know where people stand. And you know what? I'm like, I'm glad because why continue, you know, putting on a facade and especially growing up in the South, being always taught, you know, politics was impolite conversation. You don't ask people where they stand on certain issues. I feel like at least that's, you know, one of the silver linings is that it's become you can't escape it. This pandemic, this year itself, I mean, it, it has forced everyone to have to reckon with what they believe and decide where they stand. And that I'm grateful for. I was also, you know, another silver lining. I was just reading, there was a report that came out. Um, I think it's the Center for Women, Center for American Politics put out a report. Did you know 115 women of color are running for election in the House um, Mm. this year, which is pretty remarkable. Like right now, let me look at my, let me look at my little notes. There's something like what, 40, wait, let me get my notes. Where are my papers at? Ooh, I'm old. I got to squint. 48 out of 127 Congresswomen right now, that's only 48, are BIPOC. And yes, 115 BIPOC women are running for election. And I do feel like this is the change that, for better or for worse, Trump's election has brought about. And not just Trump's election, but everything happening with racial and social unrest. It has, it's given people, it's lit fire under our butts to realize the power we have as women and how much we are needed. And that, you know, running for office is not the only thing you can do to act and better society, but it means a whole hell of a lot. So I looked at that and, you know, I saw that on GMA this morning and that gives me, that gives me hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I and nothing lasts for always, right? Isn't that what old folks so trouble, trouble don't last always? Although I will say tomorrow, I am a little, you know, like if you can stay inside, stay inside, especially if you live in an area where you've mm. seen those Trump trains, um, because I feel like people feel more emboldened to be, to be wanton and and and, and wild. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do go out there, bring your cell phones and record everything. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. And your taser. I mean, literally, I went for a walk today. Superman was like, "You have your taser." And at first, really, he, yeah, he always he got me a taser a while ago just because he's like, he got me. Everybody in the house has a taser, and then he made us. Because my sister stays with me, and of course, Supergirl is here. So he's like, uh-uh, all y'all, well, you need to have a taser. He got us pink tasers because, you know, sexism. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but then we had to have taser class with him. I was like, I don't want to have taser class. He's like, show me how to turn it on. Show me how you... I was like, oh, my God. But I'm not going to lie. During times like this, when I went out for my... Because I try to take a walk every day. I went out for my walk. He said, do you have your taser? And normally, I'm like, oh, boy. But today, I was like, you know what? I don't. Let me go upstairs and get it. Well, you might need it if you're fighting the if panic shopping comes back and people are fighting over bounty again. Right. Well, I was just going for a walk, but I guess he's just basically like, you know, you just 
Yeah, I just, it's times where normally I wouldn't, I'm like, you're so extra. But, mm. you know, if my mom making sure, make sure you have enough food and water and this and that. And I think it's just more so not that there's not going to be any of those things. But if you don't have to be in the fray, I mean, where I live is live is fairly liberal. But I walked in my neighborhood today and there were two two homes that had um, Trump signs, you know. Mm. Everybody else, like I said, Newark is a pretty liberal, you know, black and brown um, city, but still, yeah, you know, and you just don't know what people will do. And so, well, yeah. Thinking about our future selves again, I, I just hope, I hope at least if you go to vote on election day that you were able to vote and it is peaceful and uh, your vote is counted because I do know there's so many, especially black families um, in particular, I'm saying families, but black people in particular like to vote on election day, you know, and, and I think about Fulton County and Atlanta, everyone's got every, Atlanta is in Fulton County, but anyway, everyone's eyes are on battleground states like Georgia and Florida and Texas, Michigan, and especially in Georgia where there's just been so much evidence of voter suppression. Um, Stacey Abrams was giving a really powerful speech. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but I, I saw a clip of it. And I mean, you really have to be determined if you're gonna go on election day, I hope people stay. Don't let people, you know, talk you out of voting. Let's get it done. But for, you know, when 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 Biden says this is a fight for the soul of the nation, I think how tomorrow goes is going to send a message to the world. You know, are we still the America that we say we are? You know, is this the most powerful democracy in the world or are we, is it fracturing? And I really, I, I pray to God, whether you support Trump or Biden, I just want us to have a peaceful election. It is such a fundamental part of our democracy that we go to the polls and we vote and it is safe and votes are counted. And if we don't have that, that terrifies me more. So that's what I think about. And, uh, you know, hey, future selves, <laughs> I hope, I hope y'all are doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because what else can you say, honestly? I hope you're doing okay. Hope you're planning. I'm planning a vacation. I'm taking the last. I am thinking about Christmas. I am. Christmas. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about Christmas. I'm thinking about. And it's like you can't I think just, about Christmas until Thanksgiving giving is done. Nah, I'm good. I want Christmas. <laughs> um, well, Thanksgiving is like my, it's also uh, Rio's first birthday. I'm excited about Aww. that. I've already got some plans in the work. But for Christmas, I have a toddler, basically. He's, he's not even one yet, but he's almost walking. And I really, for my own, just my own sanity. I don't want to have to keep him from knocking a Christmas tree down every day. So I decided we're going to go to like a real live Christmas tree farm in a country now because, you know, Georgia. <laughs> and we're going to we're going to cut down our own tree. Do they let you cut it yourself? Whatever. We're going to pick out our so. own tree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Farmer, I, farmer Mandy. <laughs> I mean, but they might let me. Anyway, and we're going to put it in the front yard, and I'm going to light that sucker up like the Rockefeller tree. We're going to have like a tree lighting, Aww. and I want to get a huge one. And what inspired me was my little neighborhood. I, I mentioned my neighborhood. It's it's a rare, you know, kind of old black middle-class neighborhood in our pocket of suburbia. And there's just a lot of really cool history here. And there's a small kind of civic association. We don't pay HOA fees, but there is a little group of people who, you know, try to keep the neighborhood organized and like know your neighbors and stuff. And just randomly, this these um, these two people, her name's Paula and Josie, they just hosted a Halloween street party and oh. they shut down they got the, the street closed off and they had like a bouncy castle and Love we got it. all dressed up. 
Rio was Baby Yoda. I was Rey from Star Wars. That's the extent of my Star Wars knowledge. Do not ask me any follow-up questions. But we all went and like Paula's husband, Mark, was cooking on the grill and it was just so nice. Um, we all social distance, but I was like, you know, if we could just stay in this little pocket of community in our neighborhood, things are nice here. So hopefully I was thinking, you know, I'll get the big tree. Maybe we'll do like a Christmas like festival thing just for the neighborhood or something because it just it felt really good. Yeah, no, that's great. I love, you know, what I, I love when a neighborhood is a neighborhood. I grew up like in a neighborhood like that where like I knew, I would say on our block, there was maybe like 10 houses and of the 10 houses, I think we basically knew everyone, you know, and mm-hmm. half of them, more than half of them had kids our age. And so like a really neighborhoody neighborhood is great where like the neighbor has your key and if you leave your light on, you get a text or a phone call or, you know, those things yeah. are... Those things are nice. My um, <laughs> our favorite neighbors from across the street. Remember the guys, Keith? Yeah, Keith and Crazy Keith and Keith. his partner. He just like put out his sign, Biden Kamala. Ooh. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, the day before, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I guess I sent one to my mother because I was like, I was gonna buy one, but it's like thirty five bucks, and they honestly, we don't need another Biden sign in my area. <laughs> We're very progressive here, um, but I sent one to her because she's in like. This uh, she's in this pocket outside of St. Louis, Missouri, where it's kind of dicey. And mm. she told me on on Halloween when they had all the trick or treaters coming through their neighborhood, one of her neighbors came up and he just whispered, "He's like, I don't want people to hear me say this, but I like your sign. Oh. <laughs> like, I like your Biden sign." Um, she also has a Black Lives Matter sign. My mom has been. I just I'm wow. So proud of her. She's come a long way, she y'all. Has. A long way. And I don't think she would have come this far without the pandemic and the real uncomfortable discussions we had as a family this summer. And I, you know, I, uh, it's, it's, you can't, it's hard to be grateful for something that is so awful. Over 200,000 people in this country alone, millions across the world have died. But um, in a way, it, it created the circumstances for these conversations to happen. And my mom put out a Black Lives freaking matter That's sign. That's huge. Like, come on. Um, so, yeah. Oh. <sighs> I know. I'm not going to lie. I just, I have just been online just to like, there's certain pages that like, you know, they don't do political. Because I've been like super political. Like, what? And I was like, okay, today, no, 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 no. Uh, but they're like, you know, like, hey, I'm renovating my house. I'm like, okay. Oh, look at my dog. Isn't he so cute in his oh, Halloween okay. costume? I'm like, oh, he is so cute in his Halloween costume. Like, so that's that's mm-hmm. the only time I've been online today is to kind of look at that. You know, definitely work with the team. I will say that there was a funny meme that um, Logan on our, my team posted. I said, Logan, you are a hot mess. This was like like uh, this weekend or, or late last week. She said, what what y'all wearing to um, um, next week's Civil War? I said, Logan! <laughs> <laughs> no. I, no. I was like, can't. Logan! She was like, what? I was like... <laughs> I don't think our youth are prepared. Like, no one knows how to fight. Like, yes. they don't teach you battle combat like, hand to hand. <laughs> we, like all the children today just game like yes. we, like we're not prepared to fight each other it's gonna be a real funny battle is it I really feel. bad that like, i was thinking to myself i was like you know what sometimes i mean i'm you know i'm like when i look at superman i'm like oh he's so rough around the edges i'm not gonna lie times like this i'm like yes bring the roughness forward <laughs> <Tap> <laughs> like you can be hiding behind the roughness yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember those fights in high school bring <laughs> them forth <laughs> No, but um, like I said, um, I'm like I'm. I mean, you never know, but like I said, Newark is pretty liberal and pretty like you know we're surrounded for the most part. 
Yep. Even you know, well, even if Keith across the street, you know, he don't want to throw them hands anyway. But plus, I see his listen. Signs, so progressives can be assholes too. You know, we're allowing everyone to be very multifaceted. This you know, it's true. It's true. It <laughs> I know go a lot way. of jerks who are going to vote vote for Biden. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we uh, we we need every every vote counts. Okay, even Keith, so he can get a point. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, let's let's take a quick break. Future selves, I hope that you know, you're doing okay and coping well. But let's take a quick break, come back with some questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We are back to my favorite section of the show, which would be questions. Questions. I literally, my brain just froze. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> there's I'm so back much going questions. on. I'm not even going to lie. Yes, there's so much going on. There's so much going on. Um, well, thank y'all. I did a really bad Instagram live yesterday because I just wanted to say hi and thank you to all of our BA fans. And some of you guys were like, hey, I've asked a question. It hasn't been answered yet. Ask it again. You know, just our DMs have gotten a little cray cray. Um, I still try and read them all, but sometimes I just, you know, I'll forget if I read something. So send them again. And also you can hit me up at Mandy Money, my personal um, Instagram account. Be a little persistent. I'm not mad at that. And it's Mandy with an I. But thank you all for joining that. And I will take this question from the gram. All right. This comes from Instagram user. We'll call her Sam. Sam has a question about some credit card debt. All right. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. I have about $4,300 left of credit card debt between two credit cards with high interest rates. LendingTree, oh, I know that company. <laughs> LendingTree suggests that I take out a personal loan and transfer both balances to the personal loan. They also suggest that I get more credit because my credit utilization, or what does she mean? Her My credit is low. Probably her just available credit. Yeah, utilization. Mm-hmm. I know what she means. I'm nervous if I attempt to get a loan for a house or a car, I may not be approved because I don't have enough credit history. I have several cards with under $1,200 credit limits. Is it a smart idea to get a personal loan? By the way, love your show and thank you both for all your help through these last few years. Oh, thank you. Oh, what's her name again? Her name's Sam. I am Sam. Sam, I am. Um, hmm. <sighs> okay, so here's the thing. In theory... It is smart to combine your loans 
um, or to combine what you owe to the credit cards and have one loan to pay it off. And then um, especially, well, only if the, the loan that they're providing is going to be less than the average interest rate of the two cards. So let's just say your two cards, you average the interest rate. That means you add it divided by two. And let's just say the interest rate of the two credit cards is 15%. But the loan that Lender Tree says, we can give you a loan for 9%, then yes, in theory, logically so, that would make sense. But you want to just be careful because what they have found is that many people end up, yes, consolidating their loans, getting the um, consolidating their credit card um, debt, getting the loan, and then going back and running up the credit card debt again. So now you owe Lending Tree and you still owe the credit cards. It's the reason why. Okay, you don't owe Lending. We're not a lender. Yeah, well, now you owe whatever. You owe whatever lender we help you find. Yes. Oh, thank you for that clarity. <laughs> you got to think about that. It's that a marketing right. problem. People think we're a lender. We're not. <laughs> See, we have a Lending Tree expert. So, so if you think to yourself, you know what, I'm actually not, I'm going to be able to put the credit cards down, then it might not be a bad idea. I'm not opposed to, I know some people are like, don't get into debt, trying to get out of debt. I get that. But if you can lower your interest rate significantly, it could be worth it. Now, here's the thing. You're talking about buying a house or getting a car. When are you planning on doing those things in the next six months? Then you're going to want to wait because lenders other lenders don't like to see that you've gone gotten into a new relationship with a new lender. Anytime, like, you know, within, usually they'll tell you three or four months. I always say six months or more to be on the super safe side. So if you're looking to do any of those big, those big changes, I would wait. Or I would just continue to pay down uh, without entering into a new agreement with a new loan. Because that's what really refinancing is. It's just entering into a new loan with a new agreement and swapping, swapping over old debt for new debt. So you have to just depend. It depends on your discipline. If you, if you know that you could put those cards up and not use it, then that means you'll be able to pay down that debt faster and cheaper. Um, but yeah, so Sam, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, and I agree. And in terms of credit history, when you consolidate credit card debt with a personal loan, you're not closing your credit cards. So, you know, if they're old credit accounts that have been on your credit report for a while and you want to keep them open because it shows you have a longer credit history, They'll still be there. Um, what what'll happen is that you know you'll have a new line of credit on your history, and it can it can help your credit score in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to utilization rate, um, which is after paying your debts on time, one of the most like the most second most important factor in your credit score, which is you know how much debt you have borrowed against how much debt you have available to you. So once those credit cards are down to zero, that should really help your rate, and you might see a lift in your score. And if you're preparing to borrow for a home or a car, I think getting your credit score in the best possible shape should be a priority. And, uh, you know, getting that credit card debt paid off is true. And Tiffany's absolutely right. People who borrow personal loans to consolidate credit card debt, uh, it can feel like, oh, I'm debt free. You know, I have this personal loan now. And then you might start going down the same path you were on before. And sad to say, I have heard that a lot of folks who apply for, you know, debt consolidation loans, it's not their first rodeo. They're doing it again and again because they have that that issue with credit card debt. And they kind of think, oh, well, you know, I can consolidate it and um, I have this kind of Band-Aid, but you really have to, you know, get your spending under control if you can. Um, but thanks for shopping with LendingTree. <laughs> and LendingTree is not the only site, but, you know, the good thing about LendingTree is uh, in sites like it, you know, Bankrate, 
uh, geez, credible, all my competitors, <laughs> but is you can get matched with different lenders and have soft pulls on your credit so you don't have to like go to physical go to bank websites or into physical bank branches to apply for loans. You can do it online and get matched with different lenders. It's kind of like a marketplace you have, or a grocery store. You have many different brands of ketchup um, and you can choose and see them all on the shelf and look at the ingredients and stuff like that. That's kind of what Lending Tree offers. Um, but yeah, thank you for your question, Sam, and hope that helped. All right, let's take our next question. This comes from our email, brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this listener wants to remain anonymous. All right. We love it when you guys are brutally honest with us. This is a safe space, okay? No judgment zone. Anonymous says, this is a tough question for me because I know I'm out of control. <laughs> okay. I know I'm out of control. That's an interesting way to start. Okay. I currently own four timeshares. But now I can honestly say they are a waste of money. Okay. Do you have any legitimate and effective tips on how I can get rid of them? I tried a timeshare reseller once before, but I only lost money on that path. Although three are paid off and the fourth one has one more year of payments, the annual fees are outrageous for locations I have yet to find the time to get to on a regular basis. This is my only significant budget issue as my retirement account, emergency savings, and life insurance are all good. My next goal is to buy a house and start my own coaching business. Please help. Ooh. Okay, so we're going to call you Timeshare Tina. Timeshare Tina. So, Tina. She knows she's out of control, though, Tiffany. Does she get points for that? Yeah, no, I'm not going to hear to judge you, Tina, because my parents have a timeshare. So, you know, it happens. And, you know, y'all know my dad is super smart when it comes to finances. And I can remember as a kid going on the free vacations because he was like, can't nobody afford to take five kids on vacation? So we would go on the timeshare vacation, pretend like he was going to get something and never do. But then one day they came back with a timeshare. This is when we were grown. I'm like, did y'all get soft? Apparently so. So I'm I'm not here to judge. But, okay, so there's a study. I just looked it up. The University of Central Florida, they did the study that found, this is for people who have never bought a timeshare, that 85% of timeshare buyers regret their purchase. So just letting that be a lesson that very few people ever are happy about their timeshare purchase for those people who've never had one. And there usually is like a three to 15 day period in most states, it's like five to seven days, but sometimes it's up to 15 days where you can change your mind. But I'm assuming, um, Timeshare Tina, that, you know, obviously we're past that period. The only thing that I could see as a solution is that you can you can, you can, can try to resell. People literally will try to sell their timeshare for like a dollar on like Craigslist or something. So you can certainly do that, but it's almost like finding another Timeshare Tina to, to pass, like push it off on. Like there's sites, for example, like Red Week, where you can list, or um, eBay, where you can list your um, your timeshare. <sighs> the only other thing is to allow it to be foreclosed upon, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean that that's it. You know, according to Debt.org, um, you can still have some outstanding fees, like late charges, attorney's fees, unpaid as- assessments, fines, and interest. So you know, I I don't know. Like if it was overwhelming me. You know, I might just take the L for foreclosure, but you have four of them. I wish I had. What I hate about timeshares, and there has to be some law enacted. Because honestly, Mandy, there's like no solution. How is that the solution? That, you know what I mean? That like, you should be able to say, well, I can pay two years or something like that. But it's literally like you find somebody else to take it off your hands 
or you fall, you know, you stop paying and you get a foreclosure. I don't see how those are the solutions, but unfortunately, that's what's out there for now. I mean, I have, I feel like we did an article on this a while back. I'm going to have to dig up and go find it. But I feel like um, if it's through a resort, is that often through, timeshares are usually through resorts, right? Oftentimes, yeah. I wonder if given the circumstances of the pandemic, like even just calling and asking, you know, can you do something for me? Can you help me out? Like, I wonder if, you know, the resorts might be willing to, I don't know, whether it's foreclose or just buy it back from you at like a reduced a reduced rate or something like that. But it, it, I mean, it is like a take an L kind of situation. I don't know if there's a, and you've already been losing money on it. The, yeah, any, any solution, any way to get rid of them, whether it's, you know, selling it, giving it away for free, finding someone else to buy it for a really, really cheap price. It's going to be one of those take the L lesson learned. No more timeshares, timeshare, Tina, no more cutting yeah, you off, yeah. cutting you off. You need to get, you know, you want to buy your house and all that. Um, I, and you say that you've got your emergency fund and, and everything else situated, which is good. This just may be one of those times where, okay. We know better. We do better. Mm-hmm. You take the loss now and you, you know, move on. What I would say is I would probably, if I was going to get my house, I would get my house before I fall, like let the other things lapse. Because it's one thing to have one foreclosure. It's another thing to have four foreclosures on your on your credit report. So if you're able and you're like, you know, maybe all things considered, you know, you're looking pretty good because you said you paid the other ones off. So if you're able to get your home with these while still like, you know, having these four timeshares, I would probably try to do that first because I'm telling you, this is why I said I'm not judging you because firsthand knowledge, my condo that I bought in my 20s, it foreclosed upon. And so there's some years before I was able to be considered for a home, even though my credit score was better and I had savings, all the other stuff. So if it was me and I was able to get my home before I potentially just like let the other things like lapse, I would do that first because unless you're like, oh, I'm not trying to buy a home for the next like five years or so, then maybe so. But I would get those things out of the way first and then, you know, rock out in your beautiful home and let those things foreclose upon. You're going to see a significant drop in your credit score, but you'll be able to bring that back up again. Mine dropped from a 802 to a 547. And now I'm back to like, I think I'm at an 810 now. Now it took a couple of years to come back to an 810, but still, you know. It's more it's than possible. It's really annoying how time can heal wounds, especially yeah. credit wounds. <laughs> <Yes>. Like <clears throat> I've got family members who have an 800 something credit score and I'm like, wait a second. How, oh, time. Just mm-hmm. time. Seven mm-hmm. years is the magic number. You you have seven years and then, uh, you know, those those negative marks start falling off and your credit will come back. Well, thank you for uh, bravely sharing your story, Timeshare Tina, and we hope that like follow up with us. Let us know if you get anywhere. And even if you even want to, sometimes you guys will follow up or send questions like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, going with this company. Have you heard of it? You know, I, I if we have time or if I have time, if you guys want to share like the name of a company, I can do a little bit of vetting. But if I were going to do vetting, I would say, you know, check with the Better Business Bureau, check the FTC. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau also keeps track of complaints against companies. So if you're thinking about Working with any kind of firm who says that they can help you get rid of a timeshare or something like that, you just want to do your due diligence first to make sure that they're not, you know, doing something shady like asking for all their fees up front, which is a big red flag. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So 
Thank you for your question. Yes, we, your question. Would you want to do one more? Should we do one more? Let's, Is anyone even listening? Are they just all at protest right now? I don't know uh, what's happening in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, let's do one more. <laughs> I've got to distract myself one more. Fire. Uno mas, uno mas, uno mas. Oh, no, Moss. Oh, this is funny. I think you and I talked about this, but I, I, this isn't the question I planned to ask, but it just popped up. And I'm like, let's just let's just get air this out and answer the question, because this is not the first question we've gotten. Tiffany, people want to know, you have been talking about your sister, your magical sister. Which one is it, Lisa? <laughs> no, Carol. Carol, who is like a stock picking <laughs> wizard. And they want to know if she can come on and tell them which stocks to pick Tiffany. <laughs> Honestly, Carol is going to say and else spells no, because she's like I she's like. I'm not an expert. I'm just someone who, you know, kind of pays attention to the market. But she, she's going to say no because, I mean, she, I mean, Carol's super smart. She's an engineer. But she, she doesn't do, like, she's not like Tila who was, like, doing all this research or whatever. She does just enough to do what she needs to know to move forward. And, you know, and I'm not going to say luck because, you know, like I said, she does just enough. But I know her. She's going to be like, what? No. I don't want to put someone else's life in in my hands. Even now I was looking at, like, our my wealth chat. Um, and this is, like, the, the chat that I have with her and a couple of her friends. And she was posting like, hey, guys, she just hit me and said, do you have money in your Robin Hood? I said, yes. She said, OK, here are some stocks to, you know, that um, keep an eye on, you know, especially after the election, because you're we're likely to see some sort of dip, which is a great time to purchase. And so she like she shared like, you know, like a screenshot of like, you know, it's like four or five stocks and like what pricing I should be looking at. But like I said, she kind of cobbles together things. She would not You're feel just teasing the people, Tiffany. Don't say I any know. stock names. I, mean, I ain't trying to be I'm not, held accountable. I'm not We're not stock stuff. advisors, y'all. Uh, no, but, I'm not. <laughs> but you're absolutely, but her, her instincts are so right. The principles of investing are you want to buy low and sell high. And when you just have to have a good stomach for it and money to play with. Play but I will say being this, the operative word. That this is one, I, you know what I can do? I can share with you who she follows and really says, knows their stuff. And she like says, like, you know, they explain it well. So she really likes Tila. That's someone she likes. She also likes um, a gentleman on Instagram that she said that she likes him a lot. I think his name is Mr. The Master Investor. She likes him a lot. He now he is someone that studies, 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 studies uh, stocks and, and, and picks and not only picks, but she looks at his stock picks and then compares it to what she's thinking. But he's really good at like sharing kind of like this is like basically historically about all the research that I've done. If this stock falls below this price, it's a really good price. So she really likes Ian, the master investor. She likes Tila Hokum, like I said. And what I can do is I can certainly ask who does she follow besides these two. This is what I just heard her talk about. But also, too, maybe like what resources she's using to make the decisions. I think that will be a better Hmm. a better choice. Like, hey, these are the people that she thinks are really great. These are the books that she relied upon. This is like, she uses Robin Hood and, and you know, I don't know, E-Trade or whatever. So I can, I'll ask her those things, but yeah, she she's not coming on. Yeah. And the, also it seems Carol has done her research and anybody can do research. Like anyone yes. can read the books and learn the principles of investing. And I was just telling my little brother about this because I'm like, listen, even if you hire an investment advisor or someone who's going to pick stocks for you, I think it's really important for everyone to have a baseline understanding of like, what are they actually doing and what, like, what's the, you know, what are standard, you know, principles and, and really just understanding how the sausage gets made so that you can be an educated consumer and you don't feel like 
I, I feel super uncomfortable if anyone's in a relationship with a financial advisor or even just like a relative who's making decisions and giving you advice, but you don't know the like the thought that goes into it and the rationale behind it. Exactly. Um, but yeah. All right. No, Carol, you guys. Yeah, no, no sorry. But <laughs> she's going to listen. She we'll listens to Carol's Vision. list. She's going to be giggling like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> no, plus Carol has two little ones and all they do is scream in the background. So <laughs> can, I know. Can Carol, can you curate a list from Carol before the show airs? Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so certainly I can just say, you mean like just a list of the people that she like likes to learn yeah, from? like her favorite resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can do that. And we can send it to Callie. Carol and Callie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And you can check the show notes for that. All right. Thank you guys so much for your questions. Lord have mercy. I can't. I'm like, I'm nervous to stop the show because once the show is over, Tiffany. Well, like, we do have boost and break. We do have boost and break. I know. I know. But it's like the end <laughs> is coming and I'm like, <laughs> I, I won't talk to you again. It's going to be a whole different world. I know. All right. I'm getting it together. Oof. Woosa. Okay. Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> All right. Let's get into these boosts and breaks. So now it's time. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to boost or break or boost or break. Are you going to boost, Mandy, or are you going to break? I feel like I should boost just to keep things light, but I really wanted to share this statistic because it freaked me out. Um, okay, fine. I will boost first. I We haven't talked about Greenwood Bank yet, but that's Ooh, Killer Mike's Killer Mike. owned bank. Yes. And, thanks, and shout out to whoever on Instagram was like, hey, y'all going to talk about Greenwood? Because I totally, we just did not. We skipped right over it, but yeah. Greenwood Bank, I don't know if they've officially launched yet. There's a wait list, I believe, to join. But this is a bank that is all about providing access to banking for Black and Latinx consumers. Check it out. It's dope. Great. I think the website's just greenwoodbank.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. But I thought this was really good. Yes, I love that. I just... I think, you know, having alternatives to banks that don't say, hey, I would love to hire black and brown people, but there's just no talented ones. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. nice to, <laughs> it's nice to have alternatives. I would love to give my money to an institution like a black owned bank, especially at, like, you know, the thing is, um, we put a, we put together a list of magnifymoney.com of black owned banks in America. And, you know, they're dwindling, but there's still there still are some black owned bank institutions, black owned institutions out there. What I found is like largely the rates are not as competitive as like, especially the online banks, you know, it's hard for them to compete. And when you're trying to save strategically, it's like, ah, this, you know, you want to get the higher interest rate and, you know, you have a little bit more accessibility with the big, with the big players. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, if Greenwood can like, you know, really get hit the map and be and offer like competitive rates, you know, modern services, like all that stuff, then that could be really meaningful because it's so true. You know, we have to vote with our dollars sometimes and listen and where our money, like the banks that we go to, if I have to read one more damn story about Wells Fargo doing some crazy shit with people's money, it's like, you know, I, I hope that this is not the first. I hope this is the start of like a new wave of minority owned financial institutions for our, for the sake of our our futures. Oh, I know. Go Tiffany. What's your <laughs> booster break? No, I just... So I'll say that, that I was just thinking that today that like, you know, I am seeing because of social media and online, it has provided opportunities for black and brown people like never before. It has allowed you to bypass and sidestep certain gatekeepers 
And that's what I was telling myself today. I was like, you know, I, I, I'm in a lot of like Facebook groups and things where people are making their first six figures because, you know, they started an online business to cater to people just like them. Like, hey, I'm a black woman. Do black women want to buy my T-shirt? Sure do. Do you want to buy my skincare? Sure do. So I just, that kind of gives me, you know, like a little bit of, so I was like really leaning heavily on that today because I was just thinking that, you know, that there, there is some hope. And you know what else happened that was really good? Did I, did we talk about Angela V. McKnight last time? We did. Okay, yes. good. Yes. So that too, because it, what I'm realizing too is that there are, you know, there's these little windows of opportunity that really can really transform people's lives. So the more that we are capable of being self-sufficient, the more we can bring other people up as well. And so it just mm-hmm. gave me kind of like that hope. You know who put the battery in my back? I remember it was Farnoosh at that conference. Put at the Shana. battery in your back. She did. <laughs> I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> no. Yes. Go for it, Energizer Tiffany. Exactly. So it was uh, Farnoosh at that conference that shall, shall not be named. And she was sitting on a panel. And I think I asked a question about, um, I was like, I had just, my company had just made six figures. And although I think I made like $35,000 that year, um, but I just was saying that as I started to do better, I was feeling a little guilty. Like, am I being greedy? Should I slow down? And how much do I really need? Because I'm kind of fine. And she said, well, if I remember if our news was just so dope. She said, that's great that you're fine. Then the other money is not for you. It's for the causes that only you will champion. It's for the people that only you will see. Mm-hmm. It's for the communities that only you are a part of. And I remember what what Farnoosh effectively did, I don't even know if I ever thanked her for this, was she made my success less about me because it was hard for me to be like, well, how much money do I need? How much? And there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. But for me, it wasn't motivation enough. And she was just like, Tiffany, if that's not moving you, then she said, not everyone has the opportunity to grow great wealth. Let's just pre- like not pretend like we could all do whatever. No. There are some of us who have the opportunity to to make a lot of money and some even beyond that to grow great wealth. And if you have the opportunity, it's selfish not to because it's not just about you. It's about the people that you can help and serve. And since then, I have never been ashamed to go to go for it um, because I, I honestly don't use I use the, the money that I make like largely really to because I my family and I, for the most part, are good. You know, I really think about like what's the legacy? What schools do I want to build? What? What what people do I want to put through through um through you know give education to, um so yeah those are that's really my boost is that like I, I think that as things change I think you said the best right earlier Mandy that like with credit or whatever that with time it's kind of like the healer of things um and so as things change I I love to see the change of access to opportunities that Black and Brown people have and if mm-hmm. you have those opportunities go for it. Go for it as hard as you can and come back and, and and bring the rest of us with you. Oh, amen. I love that. You can tell that anecdote every freaking episode <laughs> for all I care. Cause it's true. And yeah. I and the and I think it's also just unfortunately or fortunately, because that's how we're, you know, most of us, a lot of us women are built is to to not to not um do things just for ourselves and to feel guilty when you're doing them for yourselves. Um, and, you know, there isn't a ton of virtue in cr- just building a big stockpile of money for you to stand on alone. Like, there's my baby in the background. That's Aww. who I'm building wealth for. Um, but 
that's why women in power are so needed that 115 women who are running for Congress this election, like that women at the table, we need a seat. And this is the statistic that I was gonna break and I'll share it now in this context. Because of the pandemic, one, and and this was a survey of 40,000 people, huge survey by McKinsey. Because of the pandemic, one in four women say they're considering leaving the workforce or mm. down, or or significantly taking a step back from their workload, and that is that is huge and not in a good way. Fewer women in the workforce is bad for families, but it's also bad for just the future of our country. Women, we we have a different point of view, and not just women like carte blonde, like you know, in general, but women of different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds, socioeconomic, racial backgrounds. We need more women in places of power because we have, we're just much more likely, I think, to to think from a community aspect and to think, you know, who can we help and who can we bring up and to to think about people beyond ourselves. And, you know, I saw that stat and I was super, one, grateful that I haven't had to step back, that I'm just making, I'm determined to just make COVID life work with work and, and childcare. But I'm privileged in, in that I, you know, have resources to help and I have a job that is flexible and I can stay at home and there's not women out there and God and 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 people need support. Like it is people should be enraged about so many things, but one of the things we should really be enraged about is how our government only did one round of stimulus checks for consumers, and that was months ago. Unemployment benefits are running out, like families are on the brink. And we need elected officials who are going to care about the working families. And women, I believe wholeheartedly, if we get more of them in power, we wouldn't have problems like we do now, you know, where working families are just being left in the dust while, you know, politicians squabble. It's unfortunate, but Tiffany, you're so, you're so, so right. We should go and get that wealth and know that it's not just for us Mm -hmm. and let that if you need an excuse to feel greedy or selfish, whatever, just remember you're not doing it just for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's for everybody else too. When she said that, she's like, there are causes that you're going to champion and people that only you would want to help. They yep. need you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, it makes me want to text Farnoosh. If you guys don't, don't follow, I know, if you guys don't know Farnoosh. She'd probably love to hear that right, right? now. It's F-A-R-N-O-O-S-H. She is uh, amazing. And she is one of the women that we just highly respect and love in the in the financial education space. She's always been such like an amazing giver. She's brown herself. She's actually a New Jersey girl living not too far from where I live now. But yeah, that was just the, like I said, the battery in my back. And I just think um, I'm just trying to hold <laughs> on to that because I don't know. I'm not, you know, like I'm okay now, but I'm not going to lie. I, huh, it's like starting to come over me. I'm like, ah, it's getting dark. It's getting dark right now, maybe. <laughs> like it's yeah. almost tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I, I think we, we're going to have to just listen. Whatever happens, I, I, I have to be. I have to have. I choose optimism because I, I just don't want to be miserable. But however you're feeling, wherever you're at, remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Whatever happens, so protect yourselves, protect your neighbor as well. Reach out to neighbors, your community. That's one thing that I think is another thing that's come out of this is just feeling more so closely connected to my neighbors and my neighborhood and my community. So reaching out a helping hand. You know, sharing what you have with others, just being a kind person. And, you know, I, I think if we could just do more of that, then, um, you know, we wouldn't have to be so terrified of what's happening. Mm-hmm. But if this podcast, if anyone's listening, I thank you. If you're in your bunkers listening, thank you. If we can be for this hour, 
together, just a little bit of refuge from the insanity out there. So, you know, you're not alone. Then we thank you for, for being in this bunker with us. Yeah. Our little pot. It's a safe <sighs> space. It is a safe space. Even if you're, um, well, what is it? Uh, trade, not trademark Tina. What do we say? <laughs> Time share Tina. <laughs> Time, Jartina. You're you're in the bunker too. It's Girl, okay. It's it is here. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, here's another. Sh- I guess we have to. I'm like, you hang up. <laughs> no, it's like you, no, hang, you up. hang up. <laughs> what do we have to look forward to? I would like to say last week we did talk about Angela McVie. That's her name. Or it's Angela McVie McKnight. McKnight. Mm-hmm. Why do I see, keep doing that? Sorry. Um, she just does not deserve that. Anyway, uh, who is the what councilwoman or? Um, uh, she yep she's assemblywoman in New Jersey assemblywoman um, in Jersey City New Jersey amazing assemblywoman in Jersey mm-hmm. City who who wrote the budget needs to law with Tiffany years ago and so we talked about that and uh, just about women in power and 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 local locally elected officials not just on the national stage and how important they are and how impactful they can be and I. Um, I reached out to the founders of Higher Heights, which is a nonprofit that um, their whole mission is to get women of color into elected office uh, from the ground up, Mm. from super local to national stage. And they are definitely interested in coming on the show. So I am working on booking them. And the whole point of that show, I want to make it all about how like I want a Brown Ambition listener to run for office. Like I want to help people understand what does it take? How can you get involved at your local level? Because, like, if you look at who was in your town, you know, your town council or I don't know what kind of different, like, municipal governments out there, everyone's a little bit different. But there are a lot of people serving who have just been serving for years and decades, like, just because no one else has ever challenged them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really want to, I'm excited to talk to Higher Heights and hear, you know, what guidance and tips they might have for anyone listening who, who has been thinking, you know, I'm ready to step up. And do something a little bit more. Um, that would be amazing. Amazing. We can do a brand ambition pack. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Why, no, really. Honestly, that would be amazing. So I want to focus on what we can do. So regardless mm-hmm. of what happens. Well, right now, Tiff, we can go um, hug our families and <laughs> take some time and breathe and try to avoid the news. That's what I feel like I yes. can do right now. Yes. All okay. Right. All right, Angela. I'll see you on the other side, darling. And I'll see you at the crossroads. You won't be lonely. Let me stop. Yeah, oh, no, this in my a, head is not what I need right now. No, this is, a, this is a little funny that we can end with. I was taking a walk today and I saw a sign and I said, this doesn't look like, a, you know, a Trump sign or a Biden Kamala, you know, Joe, um, Joe Biden Kamala Harris sign. I looked up closely why it said, presidents come and go, but Wu-Tang is forever. <laughs> Oh my God. And I'm not going to lie, yeah. that gave me a little chuckle on my walk today. And I said, like, you know what? Wu Tang is forever. So let that sizzle in your spirit, no matter what happens tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> sizzle in your spirit. All right, y'all. <laughs> Hang in there. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. We hope. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, Bye.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.